Welcome to the Coyote Educator, a podcast dedicated to coyotes and coyote hunting, where we strive to help beginners, pros, and everyone in between. Now here's your host, Mr. Russell Brown. Thanks for joining me today, folks, on the number 14 hunting podcast in the coyote world. Just kidding, but definitely thank you for joining us. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsors of today's episode, My Credit Card. Why? I don't have any sponsors. I guess I'm just not good enough. I'm just kidding. I don't care. I'm doing this because I love talking with you guys about hunting coyotes. So I want to introduce my co-host for this episode, and that would be my biggest supporter, my wife, Evie. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be here, but I'm being held here against my will. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it, folks. I had to handcuff her to my desk, but she finally stopped you know, wiggling and screaming enough that I could uh, push record on this here podcast. Thanks for joining me, babe. Tell us a little bit about your uh, journey on predator hunting, again, coyote, specifically coyote hunting. Well, I didn't grow up in a hunting family. I didn't even grow up in a family that owned any guns whatsoever. So coming into this, I was pretty green. And uh, especially when it came to predator hunting, because, you know, obviously I'd heard of hunting, but I didn't know that you could exclusively hunt predators. And what does that even mean? You know, that's what I was thinking when I first met you. And it was a little bit of a journey getting into the exciting meat of it. But you know, there was those stands where it was kind of dry and I couldn't understand why does anybody do this? It's boring. But then we finally saw some action and I saw what all the hype was about. And now I can't, I can totally understand why, you know, people spend their life doing this. And I certainly understand why you do. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, thanks for supporting me and always uh, encouraging me and putting up with my nonsense. You know, I think one of the funniest things that I've noticed is that when I'm making hand calls or testing out new sounds or any of that stuff, and there's just all kinds of screaming and yowling and yipping and all that stuff, what do you do? <laughs> I don't even react anymore. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't even bat an eye. I mean, it's pretty jarring, some of it. It's pretty loud, especially when I crank the Fox Pro up in my 12 by 12 foot office. But, you know, she doesn't uh, even bat an eye anymore. I mean, it's it's just part of our life. And she's uh, joined with me on that. And I really appreciate it. I, I, wa- I will say one thing that was kind of funny was that um, one time I was drilling some cartridge casings over the over the kitchen sink. Because it was real hot out, and I was doing it in the in the sink. I, would, I sometimes I make hand calls out of big cartridge cases that I pick up at the range, the silver cartridge cases, and and I just she was walking up the walkway, and I'm standing there with the drill in my hand, and I was like, I don't know, I felt caught because obviously I'm getting, <laughs> you know, metal shavings and uh, you know just shit all over the the sink, and but I also thought, hey, there's a lot worse things you could catch me doing than. Uh, you know, making hand calls in the kitchen sink. So, you know, it's just part of our life. And, you know, I do it nonstop, you know, every day, as I've said, you know, I'm always doing something. And I think that's, uh, for me, that's the hallmark of a real passion is when you pursue it every single day. I'm either doing it, thinking about it, planning, doing this, doing that, looking at Google Maps, looking at Onyx Maps, cleaning up my office, planning trips. I'm always up to something. And that's, you know, that's just part of my life now. That's what I do. So, And she uh, doesn't just tolerate it. She encourages me. Thanks for always doing that. All right. So I'm real sorry to keep doing this to you guys, but I want to back up just a little bit and I want to add a couple of things to my last episode, which was the newbie episode. So I did get a couple of questions from a few different people, a couple of guys, and they asked, how far do you go between stands? I don't think I covered that. So simply, I go about a mile on flat ground, maybe a little bit further if I shoot a firearm. If it's hillier country or if it's kind of windy, I might go I might go half a mile or six, seven tenths and you know, those areas, um, but typically about a mile. That's just what works for me. I'm, I obviously live in a certain area. 
other parts of the country might be different. I love that my truck has lights. It's really, I can turn it to a setting on the, the speedometer thing where it just tells you how far you've gone on each. Once you start the truck and start driving, it just tells you. So you know exactly how far I've gone. So that's uh, it's pretty great. I'm sure most modern vehicles do that. My old truck did not have anything like that. So I had, you know, I had to reset the, the trip meter every time. That's been a, you know, a godsend for me going that half to a mile. All right. So another question that I got from a guy was a scent control. I don't think I touched on that too much in the newbie episode. Uh, I don't personally worry about that. I don't think you can fool a coyote's nose. I mean, you could, I guess you can do it, spend all that time, all that money, all that effort, and you might get half a second of extra time to shoot an incoming coyote, but I just don't think all the trouble's worth it. I think you just need to play the wind, watch the wind, and you'll be successful like that. So don't worry about scent control. Invest your time and effort in other ways to be successful. Well, I mean, I can add on to that a little bit too and say like when I go out with you, I know personally, I try not to wear a ton of scent, obviously. I, you know, I'm not, the coyotes aren't going to want to smell my perfume. So I try not to add any extra like hair scents or, you know, products that I might use on like date nights that have a you know, just sensing them naturally and also like, you know, extra perfumes and the clothes you wash them in special wash. So it's like you're not taking extra steps, but you're also not trying to, you know, go put extra scent on you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to, just because you don't have to worry about scent control doesn't mean you have to go crazy and wear cologne, you know. Yeah. Not worry at all. Yeah. She smells awful. Um, (laughs) Sometimes when we're hunting, it's like, whew. I've almost asked her to ride in the back. (laughs) of the truck with the coyotes but actually that's uh, speaking of <laughs> riding in the bed of the, riding in the bed with some coyotes we were hunting a couple of christmases ago i, I usually hunt all day on christmas day it's kind of a tradition because my kids would be with their mother on i they would be with me for christmas eve and christmas uh, day with their mother so we came back and i did we shoot two or three it was two i think it was just two yeah i think i only shot two um in the early morning so they were baking in the back of the truck all day long. They were, I mean, it was ripe. They were, I mean, I, I, I think if I'd eaten a lot, you know, and, and caught a big whiff of that, I probably would have thrown up. So we're driving back with these things to the house and I see this guy on a golf cart, you know, like a, like a, not a side by side, but like a big golf cart. He was just sitting there and he was obviously not, uh, not running. You could tell he was like in trouble. So, and this was on like a pretty main highway on the west side of town. So I flip around, you know, it's Christmas. I'm in a good mood. You know, I'm out hunting, shot a couple of coyotes. So I'm in a good mood. So I'm like, I'm going to help this kid out. So I flip the truck around, talk to the guy for a second. Battery's dead on his little go, uh, little golf cart. I think his dad wouldn't answer, wasn't answering the phone for some reason. So I say, I, I can tell you home, man. And so he didn't have a toe strap. So I just kind of hooked him up with some, uh, to some, you know, lashing straps that I keep in the bed of the truck all the time. And I'm towing him and I'm watching him in the back of, uh, with the rear view mirror, and I'm going real slow. I'm going like 10, 15, probably like 15, 10, 12 miles an hour. I'm, I'm creeping, you know, going back west. And this kid, and I could see it on his face. Dude is getting blasted in the face by <laughs> dead coyote ass. I mean, it is. <laughs> we laugh about it all the time. I, I, uh, you could tell you hadn't even gotten him to where he wanted to go. Oh, no, no. He, he just had to get out of there. Yeah, like we, <laughs> we took a turn like onto like the road that he lived on. And he's like, he like waving me down. I'm like, oh, okay. So I stop. I'm like, is this your house? No, no, no. But, <laughs> but my dad's going to come get me. You could tell he was just grossed out. So every time, every time I drive past that spot, I mean, every time, which is probably upwards of 25 times a season. I think about that, you know, that poor kid just getting this kid. I mean, I say kid and he was probably 20. 22, something like that. Just getting blasted in the face with uh, the lovely scent of dead coyote. It's one of my favorite memories. And I think one of our kind of our earliest laughs when we were out there. We have a lot of laughs together, but uh, 
That was how I got sidetracked. What the hell was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about scent control. So coyotes are, uh, they're stanky. You don't have to worry about being stanky too much. Don't worry about that. Sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. We're going to move on to fall and winter tips and tactics and sounds. I know you guys only listen to these things for sound recommendations. You know, that whole thing on Facebook of what sounds are working this time of year. There's all kinds of memes about it. I'm going to give you what works for yours truly. And I'll try to get my wife here to intervene, interject a little bit on those sounds. Um, she's got a, a pretty good knowledge of the sounds, to be fair. So starting off with fall, you know, fall is my pretty much my favorite time of year. You know, I've definitely got the itch. You know, I've been laying low pretty much all summer, cleaning my gun, doing various little projects, washing my washing some gear, cleaning the truck up, cleaning the truck out. And, you know, I'm ready. Now, it stays pretty hot here through pretty much through October, but I get out early enough, first light, I can get in a good five, six stands without dying of heat stroke. You know, fall, good time to call, hot but productive. If you go, bring extra water, bring some Gatorade and uh, stuff like that. So in the fall, you have your pups that were born in the springtime. They're now kind of on their own, doing their own thing. They are, they're going to start getting kicked out of the dens to make room for the next litter that'll come around in the, the following spring. So you're going to have a lot of young and stupid pups out looking for food, looking for territory to make their own. Be ready for quick action. Those things will come in crazy hot. You need to decide ahead of time if you're going to shoot pups or young of the year, you might say. Personally, for me, if if it's come into the call, I'm going to shoot it. Actually, back in September, uh, you remember with uh, William, like we went on that hunt before he left and I shot that that like puppy double. Yeah. Yeah, like in mid-September and my buddy was leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, you felt kind of bad, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, you... I mean, it's up to you whether or not you want to kill him. It doesn't mean it doesn't make you feel a little bad because yeah. it's still a little pup. Yeah, I felt bad. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. But little I pups also, grow into big dogs. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, you know, I almost decapitated that one. I mean, there was about an inch of, about an inch of hair hanging on there. So it was pretty rough. The old puppy double, the puppy dubby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a decision you have to make for yourself. Now, again, because those pups are out again looking for food and territory. Guess who's going to be looking to defend said food and territory? The established adults in the area. You know, they're not going to want to give up their uh, food or any of their territory to some young little coyote. So they're going to be out kind of looking for their own little spots. You know, it's for me, it's like, like I said, it's the, the best time of year to call. I wish it was cooler here. You know, I wish that the temperatures would cool down sooner so that I could take more advantage of that, um, that great numbers that are out of the field. So, but it is what it is. I've adapted as much as I can and and figured out ways to stay cool and hydrated. And I'll share that in another episode. You know, typically this time of year, especially because it gets warm so early, I try to keep my stands a little shorter. You know, I'll do 10, 12 minutes. If it hasn't come in by then, I mean, yeah, you probably, I'm probably leaving some on the table, but I'd rather do a few more stands rather than sit there for 20 minutes on each stand. And a lot of times, I mean, I'm not a huge believer in the whole like start quieter so you don't spook anything, but you do have a lot of young, impressionable minds out there, little coyote minds. So you might want to start a little quieter. I do start about 30% volume on whichever call I'm using. So, and then I gently ramp it up from there. You know, it's a great time. This is also for me, it's also a great time to try out new sounds to see how coyotes are going to react to them because again, the numbers will never be higher. Natural causes and uh, getting shot, ran over, mange, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, the numbers will thin from fall going forward. Great time to try out new sounds. I, I usually try a few new ones every year just to kind of see what happens. So sound suggestions. I know that uh, most guys only listen to these podcasts. They uh, 
want the sound suggestions. What is working? What's the best thing for this time of year? See it all over Facebook. There's all these memes about it now. Yeah, it's all funny, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to indulge you a little bit and I'm going to, I actually started a uh, look for this episode. I looked back through my records over the last three years. First of all, I thought, damn, I'm either playing the same things all the time and I need a little more variety in my life, or maybe these are just the most effective. I'm not really sure what's the number one rabbit sound that I've been using lately. Riri baby. Tony Tebby Riri baby. I don't know what it is about that sound, but it's uh, it's been fire for me. I used to use a lot of Fox Pro, uh, Devil Hair, and DSG. I know my friend Will's had a lot of luck with Shelter Belt. Those are those are all great rabbit sounds, you know. And I, you know, and sometimes I wonder, does it how much it really matters? Like if they hear a rabbit, they're gonna come. I don't know. Does it matter if you're doing a hand call? You're doing this sound. You're doing this brand sound. You're you know you're doing mouse fart. Uh, I don't know. And sometimes I I think about just trying weird stuff. You know, I actually I I tried a record player. I actually bought a record and borrowed a borrowed a, a record player. Remember that? Yeah. You know, a pain in the ass that oh was that because we had to carry out the record player and the battery pack and the extension cord, and it was a nightmare. And <laughs> and all that and the and the record played for what like. <laughs> What, like two minutes? Oh, I think it was like, it might, yeah, it might have been a little less than like two minutes. It's like, like it, 20 minutes to set up the stand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're sitting there and I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm fumbling with it. And I'm trying to set this up and I, you know, I'm trying to hide the thing a little bit. I mean, it's a big record player. Like, what do you think? Like, I mean, about the size of like a case of soda. I mean, like, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, super, super cutting edge technology, but I, you know, I used it. I played through the record once and then I just cranked on the Fox Pro. And then, uh, then I had a coyote come in. And remember that was the one where I asked you if you had earplugs in and you lied? I said, yeah, I've got Yeah, one. and then bam, shoot it. <laughs> rolled it up. Like just flipped it. Totally the smoke. Every time you Sorry. ask me if I have earplugs and I'm going to say yes, even if I don't. Well, then I'm going to stop shooting. <laughs> I'll just never shoot again. I'll never, I'm never going to believe you. You're going to you're gonna have to like hold your, ear, your hair back and show me both ears. But like I said, guys, uh, Riri Baby's been a good one. Uh, Fox Pro Snowshoe one, which I always got a, a kick out of because there's no snowshoe hairs where I live. There's probably not one within four or 500 miles of here. The coyotes don't seem to care. And that's something that's important to remember. Don't try to think like a human. They're not logical, rational creatures like we are. They are instinctual. They hear it. They're hungry. They will come. Whether it's a record player or, you know, Fox Pro this or TT that or whatever. But these are just the sounds I've uh, had good luck with. Riri Baby, Fox Pro Snowshoe One, Tony Tubby uh, Snowshoe Sound, Devil Hair, I used to smash a lot of coyotes with devil hair. Actually, did I? I used that last week. Yeah, I used devil hair on Tuesday when I went out. Tuesday oh, after work. Yeah, on the one that I, the only one I saw and killed. Wow. Still works. Probably could have called it in with mouse fart, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fox Pro, DSG, Cottontail, all great sounds. So that time of year, you know, I typically will, you know, go to stress first and then I do a light pup fights. A great one that I had a crazy amount of success with uh, last fall around this time, around the time of September, October was Tony Tebby Pup Shredder. He's got a lot of sounds like that where it's like a pup getting its ass kicked, you know, and it just for whatever reason, it uh, brings him in. I don't know if people, I don't know if these other coyotes are looking to defend somebody or just join in the fight or just to watch or what it is, but it's been a good one. So take a look, see at that one, TT Pup Shredder. Late fall, getting into like uh, October, you know, I've had pretty good luck with uh, Tony Tubby Border War. That's a good one. Maybe take a look and listen to that one. It's a, it's like a fight sound and it, you know, I think it's a little territorial, but it's not like super aggressive either. It's not like, you know, any of his den sounds, you know, it's, uh, there's some aggressiveness, but it's more just like talking crap, I think, mostly. Had good luck with that one. So... Your favorite time to call because you're a naturally cold person. We're uh, kind of a um, opposite to track on that because I'm a 
I'm a fat, sweaty guy. I'm sitting here sweating my ass off right now because I have to turn the AC off so that it doesn't come through on this podcast. She's sitting here in a <laughs> giant wearable blanket. If I was wearing that, I'd probably pass out. Look at my forehead right now. Are you kidding me right now? Dude. The next thing we're going to talk about is... Winter, November through January. All right. Winter, November through January. Now Which- this... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. If I might add, as much as I do love. This is your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is your world. I'm just living in it. That's right. Well, I do love calling during winter because it's very productive. I don't really like being out there in the cold. There's no amount of layers I can wear to really make me warm. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a tough one. You know, and I try my best to keep her warm. You know, I try to bring uh, hot hands and got her some insulated boots and all that stuff. But she's just kind of a naturally cooler person where I'm a, most of the most of the winter I'm hunting in a long sleeve shirt at most. I'll typically wear, I have like a, a little light windbreaker and then like a hoodie that I wear. It usually lasts through, most, I mean, 95% of the time by the second stand. I'm You're just like, nope, off. taking it off. Get back. So I'm like, okay, either I take it off at the end of the second stand or I, as I'm walking back to the truck, I'm like, oh shit, this thing's coming off. Mm-hmm. And I can't get it off fast enough. I'm already sweating. Anyways, winter, great time to call. Can be a little colder, uh, clearly. And it doesn't get as cold. You know, I see I see some of these guys in the Midwest states that, you know, they're hunting in the negatives. And I'm like, holy crap. If it's in like in the 20s, I'm cold. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she probably wouldn't even be out. She'd be uh, hiding in the truck, <laughs> crying, <laughs> you know, on her phone, questioning, you know, her entire life and all of her choices. <laughs> uh, sorry, I get a little rambly. So it's, you know, it's probably my... I mean, well, I want to say my second favorite time, but it's it might be the first, just because I can go all day, sun up to sundown. It's I can't really do that in September. I'll, I would die. I actually tried to do that once. I was gunning for like to try to get ten in a day. Double digit day. And man, you know, I'm kind of uh, fascinated by the whole double digit thing because Jeff Nimnick, the Lucky Duck guy, he talks about that all the time. Calls it the one percent club, and you know, I've been trying to join that club, and so I tried. I, I like plotted out this route on some of my very best stuff, like mid September after dove season, and man, I'm pretty sure I had a little heat stroke. I was super dehydrated for days, and it was pretty bad. I got six. Didn't quite get to that old 10 number, but I did get really close last season. Yeah, you got nine. Oh, dude. That was, that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, it was. That was a heartbreaker because I got... Well, I shanked the shot on the first stand of the day. First stand. Here comes a coyote. Miss. Mm. Crap. Shake it off. Got a couple more. Went through a lull by late afternoon. Kill another one. And then I killed like two doubles and a single, and I was at nine. I was so... Yeah. How far off was that? I mean, I mean, how far did I miss that dog, that very first one? I don't know. I mean, it, it probably couldn't have been too much, you know, no. an inch or two, you know. Yeah. So I came within an inch or two of joining that club. So anyways, mm-hmm. sidetracked again. I love calling in that time of year, November, December, January. I can typically call a lot longer. So, you know, I have to personally watch out for rain and mud. I mean, I don't get a lot of, a lot of rain here, but when we do, it turns into pretty nasty mud. I got stuck pretty bad in this past uh, December. So, you know, try to make sure you carry uh, as much uh, off-road gear as you, as you can. Maybe bring some extra food and water, maybe a little couple extra clothes, you know, just in case. Some gloves, maybe to help you uh, dig out some leather gloves. So just, uh, you know, little things. So this time of year, as far as actual, the actual calling of coyotes, um, I usually sit a little longer, 15, maybe 20 minutes if it's a great spot. And I play a ton of sounds, you know, because I'm trying to trigger them. I almost always start with a rabbit distress for a couple minutes. I just feel like they have to eat. If they have, they have to eat and if they're hungry, they will come. So I kill them with uh, rabbit sounds year round, pretty much. Now, that time of year, I also, I'll start kind of ramping up the aggression and usually one of the sounds will break them loose you know it, it's funny how I, I'll do like a rabbit sound and then a louder you know then I'll crank it all the way up for a bit and then I go to border war maybe one of the sound and then den raid and then boom pops out on den raid 
I don't know why. I can't imagine they weren't sitting there listening to all that noise. But some sounds that I'll use are pretty much the same. I use a lot of uh, Riri Baby on that. Some Devil Hair Snowshoe One by uh, Fox Pro. By November, I typically will throw in some howling and things like that. One that I have great luck with is Fox Pro Female Sore Howls. It's like a long, lonely sounding howl. And it just kind of seems to get things uh, kicked off. And I've had quite a few just come straight into that. I'm not a biologist, but they hear that and they're like, whoa. They don't, they don't think they like it very much. Calling a lot of pairs, like, remember that time I was hunting with uh, Andy and I called in, like, six pairs? Mm. It was almost always with the sore house. I mean, wow. yeah, they just, for whatever reason, that time of year, they were not loving that. Mm. They, they made them angry. Mm. At any rate, so there's that one. Throw a little more Border Wars out there. TT, She Pissed is a good one. Had quite a few come into that. I don't know what, again, I don't, it's something about, I think they're starting to get territorial. Um, usually by January, you know, they're looking to, to mate up. And so I have a lot of luck with uh, TT1900 Coyote. Kind of a funny name, but I dial it up and they come. A lot of times I'll do is I'll play that and I'll wait a while and then I'll play like a, uh, like a light fight and then like a heavy fight. And I think, I think the, the, that one nine hundred uh, howling gets their attention, and they're like, "What's going on here?" But then when they hear the fight, and they're like, "Oh shit, I gotta check this out. Whatever's going on, I'm gonna go in there check it out." So just some suggestions there. I mean, again, these are just the things I, like I said, I looked at my uh, records. Numbers don't lie. Those are the things that I have used the most. Give some of those a try. Check them out. And I also noticed throughout looking at those records over the last few years, a lot of den raid. You know, a lot of den raid. I know you guys are sick of hearing it. I went on. My wife said I went too far with the den raid fanboy. <laughs> right? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It's a great sound though. A lot of it, you know. <laughs> but whatever, you know, it hey, it works. It works for me. It's really been our saving grace a lot of times, you know, where you really think that one's not coming in or it's not coming back and then you throw on some den rate and for some reason it's just got to yeah, come back. I don't know what it or is. Or it's got to stop or something. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's weird, right? I mean, you've yeah. seen it like it's baffling. Yeah. I mean, think that their buddy just got blown away, but Den Raid brings them back for some more fun. I've actually, as I was looking at that, the, those records, I realized that I've actually killed uh, coyotes with Den Raid in every month of the year except for June. And I think that's partly because I just, I don't hunt in June. Really, I'm just exhausted from the school year and from the season and, you know, trying to unwind. I did go out once this past June just because it was like in the mid-80s, which is unusual. Yeah, so every month of the year except for June. Also, I counted the states. I went kind of flipped through that and uh, six states. It works anywhere, anytime. So as I said, guys, I shared those sounds with you. I mean, that's just kind of the things that have worked for me the most. I have a pretty big philosophy that successful sounds are, it's partly luck. It's partly, I think it's also partly a self-fulfilling prophecy. You throw a sound out, boom, you have some luck with it. What do you play in the next stand? The same sound. And then, yeah, maybe you don't see anything, but I'm going to give it one more try. Third stand, boom, you kill a double. So what are you going to use the rest of the day? And probably the next time you hunt and the next time after that, you're going to lead off with that same sound. So I just feel like, so the, the more you uh, play the sound, the more statistically, the more chances you're going to have success. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Go with what works. Try it until it doesn't. But always have a backup plan. You know, try to have some different uh, sounds that work. Have those chicken sounds, those fox sounds, squirrel sounds, fawn. I don't really I don't really use fawn sounds, but I know a lot of guys in other parts of the country have luck with that. Just uh, use what works. Use it until it doesn't. That's my advice. So thanks for listening about fall and winter. I'll be doing an episode about spring and summer um, soon. I'm trying to get my uh, friend William on here. They did have a big uh, storm in, in his town. So did I tell you about that, by the way? No, you didn't tell me about that. Okay, I'll tell you. I'm not going to tell you on this I'll let, after we're done. I will let you know. Everything's fine, but pretty bad storm over there. So anyways, guys, um, tip of the day we're going to be talking about. It's not super exciting, but it can save you 
a lot of hassle and heartache. What's it going to be? Back up your sounds. I personally have, well, plug your ears. You don't want to hear this. La 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 la. <laughs> I probably have, you know, $1,000 worth of sounds. You know, Fox Pro, Tony Tubby, James Bostick. My ring came from a vending machine, but he's got a $1,000 <laughs> worth of sounds. That's right. <laughs> Actually, I have to tell. The, I'm gonna have to after the tip of the day. I'm gonna have to tell the story of how I proposed to you, and you actually said yes. You know, I got a lot of money into it, guys. So I backed them up. Now here's here's the trick: go on Amazon, get a couple of flash drives. You can get a 32 gig flash drive for like 10 bucks, and you can fit all the sounds on there you could ever possibly want. It's probably too much, but it's one of the cheaper models. Actually, grab a flash drive, throw your sounds on there. That way, if you're programming your call or your call just craps out on you or whatever, you have a backup. I actually have like, I want to say three backups. I have it on my computer, but the computer could always crap out. So I've got it on two of the flash drives. I keep one at home and I keep one in my filing cabinet at work. So it's uh, pretty safe there at the school. So Spend the 10 bucks in like the 10 minutes, save yourself a lot of hassle. Can you imagine trying to call and get a hold of all those companies and get them to, you know, resend you the sounds or what? I mean, nightmare, you know, and I'm sure a lot of those places would help you out. But do you really want to make those phone calls? I don't. So I back up my sounds in triplicate. It cost me like 20 bucks, maybe 25. Back up your sounds, folks. You'll thank me if you ever need it. All right. Next episode. I will be interrogating and talking coyotes with Mr. Mark Larice. He's a Fox Pro field staff out of Tennessee. And we've actually talked on the phone a couple of times already. He offered to be on my podcast, called him, and we were rolling. And I realized that I was having technical difficulties. Long story short, I do have it figured out. And I'll be doing that interview with him soon. Seems like a super upstanding guy. Unfortunately, he lives like 3,000 miles away from me. But maybe he'll uh, get over here someday. You know, he actually travels a lot for work. Anyways, super nice guy. Look out for that interview. Looking forward to it. Don't forget to subscribe to whatever service you're using. I actually finally got this thing on Apple, and that was a pain. But I did figure it out with a little bit of help from my non-boomer wife and got it up on Apple. So if you use Apple Podcasts, you can find me on there. So please subscribe and watch out for the next episode. So thanks again for listening. Thank you, babe, for joining me today mm-hmm. and uh, inter- intervening a little bit. Oh, I forgot to tell this. St- oh, dang it. Should I tell the story of how we got engaged? Sure. Super quick. Sorry, guys. I actually uh, proposed to her on a after a coyote stand in Divide, Montana, middle of nowhere. Frontage Road. Yeah, some you know frontage road. And I pretended like I was sick. And then she came out to check on me and... Uh, I was on one knee and she said yes. So, yeah, uh, yeah surprisingly. <laughs> that was like the final test. That was a test. You know that, right? <laughs> yes. You had to know that was a test. So that's why you said yes. You're like, dang, he's not going to do it any other way. This has got to be it. So, if you're not married, propose to a chick on a coyote stand. And if she says yes, she's a keeper. My advice to you, ask the coyote educator. All right, guys, enough. We'll quit rambling. Thanks again, babe, for being here. And I will see you guys next time on the coyote educator. Have a great day.